And we are rolling. Welcome to the Zero to 60 podcast. I am your host, Matt McChesney. It is a beautiful Thursday morning here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my co-host, uh, Bree Maestas, is out this morning. Uh, she'll be back with us shortly. So I know all of you are missing her. I am too. Uh, but she'll be back with us on Zero to 60 on the morning show here shortly. So look, today's a very fast-paced, good show. We have a lot of topics to cover. Uh <clears throat> And we're going to get straight into them, okay? Remember that we're always brought to you by our good friends at Six Year Equipment, which is also my other company. The body bags, they're selling like hotcakes. The Broncos just ordered some. I'm actually driving some up to northern Colorado right when we get done this morning uh, to drop them off to Coach Lamb and those boys up there. Get those guys right in the trench. Six Year Equipment is an elite uh, equipment company. And the body bag, you can fit two six foot six, 320-pound offensive linemen on it. You can pass rush it. You can use it in special teams. You can use it for fighting. Uh, my man, Brendan Schaub, is going to be my guest on Monday. We're going to talk to him about how, you know, MMA fighters would use it, how, you know, the jujitsu guys use it. My brother, Zach McChesney, uh, who's a, a fighter and trainer, uses it up up in the, uh, up at Triple Creek in the facility up there uh, to, to get his guys right all the time. Check it out at sixzeroequipment.com if you want to support a buff. Go to uh, sixzeroequipment.com, use the promo code uh, Washington 78, Washington 78, and you'll uh, get 10% saving on Washington every time that his promo code's used to sell a body bag. So we roll this morning on zero to 60. Like I said, I'm Matt McChesney. Happy Thursday. We started off right off the bat with uh, <clears throat> the passing of a legend. Okay. Before we get into football and the news, we have to at least, you know, talk about the fact that uh, one of the greats of all time, uh, the great Bobby Knight passes away yesterday and, you know, look, Bobby Knight is not a perfect human being by any means. Um, there's a lot of people that probably don't like him. I'm not one of them. I thought he was very colorful and kind of an asshole. And I, when you win and you're a jerk, it's colorful. And when you lose and you're a jerk, it's not. So I know that there's an encounter in a uh, cancel culture that we live in. You know, if you do anything wrong in your past, that's bad. Uh, but, you know, a, a life lived so many, so many, so many kids that he helped and mentored and lives that he changed. I mean, not only that, but maybe the the absolute best sound bites of all time. I mean, l- listen to this one right here. This this one is one of my favorites. All the motivational. all the motivational speeches and phrases and devices in the world. But the greatest motivator of all is your ass on the bench. There is no better motivator. Ass meets bench. Bench retains ass. Ass transmits signal to brain. Brain transmits signal to body. Body gets ass off bench and plays better. I mean, it's a hell of a sequence of things that takes place. I mean, just... As a coach, man, I wish I could retain some of this shit because his his one-liners are just gold. Um, but losing a legend, you know, and this this older generation is, you know, a lot of a lot of those guys are passing on now, and it's it makes me think, you know, I'm 42 on Monday, um, and it it's life goes fast, bro. It goes really fast. So, you know, Bobby Knight was a, a staple for years, um, from from throwing chairs and instilling fear to, you know, being 
I, I that if you want to talk about Indiana figureheads, and I, there's a lot in Indiana from Notre Dame to Indiana Hoosier basketball to the Pacers to the Colts to I mean, if you do a Mount Rushmore of Indiana sports figures, I think that Bobby Knight is definitely on it. Um, so you know, it, it's it's sad, but at the same time, a, a, an unbelievably look, good life lived, uh, and so many so many people you know, positively affected and a lot of people probably negatively affected, but you know what? There's, there's light and darkness and everything. And Bobby Knight definitely uh, had both of those, you know, bo both sides in his life quite a bit. So his, his favorite word in the world was fuck. Uh, he, <laughs> he did an interview once where he just talked about all the different ways you can use it. It's incredible. If you can go walk, find it on Google. Um, but to get, to get out of here talking about Bobby Knight, I just, you know, we want to play this last clip of them, and then we'll uh, we'll put the big guy to rest and move on. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my ass. Amen, Bobby. That's pretty much how I feel, but I'm going to get cremated and spread on Folsom. So uh, I guess when you breathe deep, you'll hang out with me. Uh, but look, Bobby Knight, dead at 83, absolute legend, brother, tip of the cap. Uh, and I hope the ride up in heaven is as good as it was down here. So moving forward on the Zero to 60 podcast, I'm your host, Matt McChesney. Make sure you check out all the different platforms that we use uh, on social media, at Six Zero Academy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then also the TikTok stores open there as well for the body bags and all of the Six Zero gear and swag. We'll have the links up on that here pretty soon. Um, but you can get a hoodies and t-shirts. Christmas is coming up. Uh, they're really soft. They're warm. Uh, the t-shirts the are dope. Uh, and we can pretty much do whatever you want. So if you want a t-shirt that says you couldn't hit a sick whore off of a piss pot or, uh, you know, like you guys are moving like old people fucked, we can do that for you. I did a couple cameos yesterday for like a high school football team. Uh, my boy TJ Riddle on on Twitter uh, reached out and, and booked a cameo and got his got his boys right for this weekend for the district championship. So we can do that as well. Check me out there. Lots of different avenues and things to cover, uh, obviously. And then also my, my co-host, uh, the uh, extremely talented Brie Maestas. Follow her at Brie Maestas 303. She'll be on with us every morning at 9 a.m. Or excuse me, 10 a.m. after the Coach JB show. Uh, moving forward here as we keep the show going. So as they say, we keep rolling on zero to 60. And topic number two is Thursday Night Football, all right? Titans, Steelers. Uh, Will Levis played really well last week. DeAndre Hopkins had three touchdowns. The Oilers uniforms looked amazing. And then they lost to Atlanta. So, look, Tennessee's in a rebuild. They got to figure out who their quarterback's going to be moving for. Will Levis, you know, I, I, I thought Will Levis played pretty well last week. I thought Will Levis would probably struggle in the NFL, and I, I, he didn't look like he was struggling to me. It looks like Malik Willis was struggling more than Will. Now, Will Levis has incredible upside, but at the same time, he could be Blaine Gabbert as well. So I like Will. I think he has some chip and some swag. Um, Vrabel, guarantee you Coach Vrabel loves his ass. Uh, I love Vrabes. I hope that they retain him in Tennessee. He's far from the problem. Um, they got some good pieces, but they do need to either restock or, or you know, reload, but probably rebuild. I'd imagine that Tannehill and Derrick Henry and guys like that will be on the on the way out as they try and do that. They just got rid of Bird, their outstanding safety, back to Philadelphia, which is one of the reasons they probably lost on Sunday. They couldn't uh, contain Atlanta in the fourth quarter. But then you flip it to Pittsburgh, 
even when Kenny Pickett's in his small hands, you know, I thought that Pittsburgh would be in contention to win the division this year. And I, I was right. I mean, I their defense travels. I know Meek Fitzpatrick is hurt with a hamstring, but but Watt isn't. And, uh, you know, T.J. Watt is – I don't know if he's better than his brother. They're different players. But I would have loved to see prime J.J. in a three technique and prime T.J. in a five technique on an underfront on the same side rushing together. Holy hell, that would be incredible. Um, but, look, T.J. Watt is a game changer. Pittsburgh's defense is always good, and I think they're, they're exceptional this year. That division, the black and blue division, every game counts as, you know, everybody's over 500 and good. Um, everybody can play defense. Everybody's got pass rushers. I mean, Cleveland's got the the biggest freak of freaks in Miles Garrett, and Cincinnati's got Hendrickson and Hubbard and other dudes, and Pittsburgh's got T.J. Watt, and Baltimore's got Raekwon and Patrick Queen and everybody in there. Baltimore really like the fact that they didn't go after Chase Young or Sweat when they're right down the street in DC and Baltimore's right, you know, right next to them. That was kind of uh kind of crazy to me. Eric Weddle was on the show on Tuesday, you know, great Baltimore Raven. And he was talking about how they kind of struggled getting pressure with four. So I don't know why you wouldn't go after a guy like Young or Sweat if you could. Uh, but they obviously didn't, and Harbaugh knows more about this than I do, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But the Thursday night game on Prime tonight is a good one. Uh, Oilers-Steelers back in the day in the old NFC Central days, that was a dogfight. This will be the same. You know, they're going to line up and try and hammer the football, get physical, win between the tackles, set up play action, take the stress off of your quarterback uh, with good defense and time of possession and not turning over the ball. The, the over-under on this game, I, I'd imagine it, it can't be that high. I didn't check it this morning because I'm a dimmy. But, you know, shit, we, we can figure it out here pretty quick. Um, thank you. I, that is me. I am Matt. The over-under on this bitch is 36 and a half. So with Fitzpatrick out I would and the, the fact that Tennessee was kind of leaky last week with, with their safety also being traded, I would probably take the over at 36 and a half there. Uh, but at the same time, bro, I mean, this with two young quarterbacks, I wouldn't be surprised if both defenses score. Like, I, I think that this has the potential to be a really like old school smash mouth NFC Central type game where you just line up and hammer the rock with 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 uh, with Derrick Henry. You hammer the rock with Harris. You set up play action shots to your big receivers down the field so Pickens can get some work, and then uh, you know you see what you can see. But Hopkins and Pickens will probably go off, have a touchdown each. If, if I was doing touchdown scores, which I'm sure I'll do later in the day, uh, I would probably go both defenses to score and probably, you know, Hopkins and Henry. So, you know, that's probably what I'll put some bread on this evening. I had a nice little parlay win on Sunday with the Jets, Dolphins, and Broncos all winning. So that was a nice little payout. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll try and give you some betting knowledge here. But, I'm, you know, I'm no professional gambler, but I, I do win more than I lose. I will say that. Uh, so, Thursday Night Football should be pretty good on Prime as we move forward. Changing topics here a little bit uh, as we get going here on 0260 on the Bleed Network. Thank you for all that they do. Uh, the Nuggets take their first L of the, of the uh, season last night. They go to Minnesota. They take an L. They lose 110 to 89. Look, they're 4-1. This was a scheduled loss. I mean, everybody got the memo about losing except for Nikola. Uh, he went for like 27-10. and 10. 
But Porter and Murray were no-shows, and it, look, it happens. When no one's trying to go undefeated in the NBA, they'll probably finish with 25, maybe even 30 losses, uh, which sucks. But I, I personally think this team could win 60 games, and that's what they should strive for. Um, and, and look, I know that they looked really good at the beginning of the season. Last night, they just ran into a good Minnesota team that wanted to make a point at home. Carl Anthony Towns played well. Um, they've got some dudes in Minnesota. Remember, this was the first round game last year where the Nuggets won 4 1. So, the I think the Nuggets bench has surprised the entire NBA, and it honestly that was supposed to be our crush. And you know, throughout the throughout the show here on Zero to 60 on the Believe Network, we're gonna have a bunch of my my old uh, my old boys from Altitude Sports Radio, which houses the Nuggets. Uh, and and look, hats off to them, and thank you for all that they did for me over at Altitude, Kevin and Dave Fleck. Uh, they're, they're some of the best in the business. They just hired DMAC. That's awesome. So I'm really proud of those guys over there and all that they do. Uh, but I wanted a five-day-a-week show, and they didn't want to have me on five days a week. And you know what? Gravy cooks, baby. So we're rolling. Um, but I'll have Scotty Hastings and my man Chris Dempsey and Vic Lombardi and all those guys on to talk about the Denver Nuggets as the season goes on. Every, anybody that knows me knows I love my Nugs so, uh, in, in both, both sense. And I think that they're going to repeat. So, look, they didn't – going into the season trying to go 82 and 0 although that would be awesome but at the same time this isn't a video game so learn from you what you can from last night everybody came out of it healthy minnesota gets a dub good for them denver takes an l first one on to the next one and now you've got this mid-season tournament shit and dallas on deck and i don't really look at the mid-season tournament as i don't know what it is they get a new floor i guess that's cool i'll watch i swear i'll watch but i'm more interested in just watching luca and because he's a freak and and Jokic, I wonder if those two would ever want to play together, like some of these Eastern Bloc dudes, like team up. Dirk Nowitzki can get on the on the uh, on the coaching staff as well, being an assistant. I'm just saying that would be pretty cool. But that that'll be a great matchup. I mean, Dallas is a playoff team, so we're probably gonna have to deal with them at some point this year. Uh, so we'll see what happens with this midseason tournament. But I, your guess is as good as mine, man. Other than a new floor and maybe a new uniform, I don't have a fucking clue what we're doing. So. It is, as they say, what it is. Uh, all right, we roll here on zero to sixty. Topic number four is just breaking down. Before we we'll do it again tomorrow, but it'll be more specific to uh, the Colorado Buffaloes and some of the bigger games around the country. But I want to go over this this slate right now, okay? With uh, college football, number one. All right, game day is at LSU versus Alabama. This is for the West. LSU's fourteenth. Alabama's eighth. Um, Game days there, like I said, the winner of this game has the you know the the ability to control their own destiny destiny in the Western Division of the SEC. So that's big time. I think Alabama wins the game at home. LSU beat them last year and ended up losing to Georgia in the SEC title game. Alabama does not like that. They are salty. Uh, I think that uh, that you know Coach Saban will have them ready. That speech he made earlier this week, I think it was yesterday about nothing and how if you don't put in work, you get nothing. And if you don't try hard, you get nothing. And all the other things he was talking about, holy hell, it was motivational. I definitely should have put that in there this morning, but I, I forgot because of the whole uh, football thing. And I got my helmets over here. They weigh like 40 pounds each. They're not like these new nice helmets. So just saying I forgot. Um, I, I'll take Alabama and that one. I think Bama is scary, bro. If they get in with one loss, I mean, I, I – no one wants to play Nick Saban in Alabama, we'll put it like that. Uh, number two, 
the other side of the SEC is Missouri, number 12 ranked, going to number two, Georgia. Now, look, Georgia's hasn't lost in two years. They're back-to-back defending champions. Missouri is – this is the biggest game in Missouri history, period. I mean, they are 100% just ready to go, locked in. They've had great recruiting classes, and they built that place into a monster. Uh, I, I think they can run with Georgia, but I'm not going to pick them to beat Georgia in Athens. That's crazy. I'm going to go with the dogs here, but I will say this. If Missouri figures out how to win this game, they put themselves in the driver's seat in the SEC to go win the conference and get into the playoff. And I know that sounds crazy right now, but this is the beauty of college football in November. College football in November is where you nut cut. It's cojones clipping time. If you can go on a run, you will achieve goals. From a personal perspective, we'll talk about Colorado at the end of this, but, you know, the the personal side of this I'll talk about and how, you know, every year in November, those games are always the biggest games because it separates who's winning what and who's playing for what. Uh, so I'll take Georgia there, but I wouldn't be surprised if Missouri really, really plays hard. The next one, we go to the West Coast. Uh, Washington travels to SC. I'm taking Washington here. I just don't think SC can stop Michael Penix Jr. Even if it is a shootout and Caleb Williams finds a way to, to put some holes in that outstanding Washington defense. Washington's offensive line, especially the right tackle, Roger Rosengarden, a Valor product guy I worked back in the day. Uh, wish I could work with him more, uh, but he just an absolute stud of a player. NFL guy, definitely a high draft pick. Where's number 73 for them? He's a tone setter, bro. That's a bad man in Roger Rosengarden. And he, I guess really the difference in this game is the trench. I think Washington is super tough up front. I love their offensive line and the way they play. You know, Paul Creighton is their tight end coach, one of their guys. And he played with me at Niwot High School back in the day and at CU. He's a brother of mine. And I really want to see them have success. So I'm pulling for the Huskies pretty hard. I'm not going to lie. I almost went there at a call at a high school. They were my number two, New Heisel, New Heisel, uh, Offered a lot, if you know what I'm saying, and then really tried to, to get me to go up to Seattle. Thank God it didn't work, but still, I'm pulling for Washington. I think that they will win. I hate SC. Uh, although we got some guys there, and I, I like some of the coaches, I think that that experiment is about to be over in there in L.A. as Lincoln Riley goes to the Raiders. Uh, but I do think Washington wins this game on the road, and they put themselves in position to really control the Pac-12. I'm telling you, bro, if, if Oregon can beat Oregon State, and they control their destiny, and that Pac-12 title game is Oregon against Washington. That's going to be a top probably six matchup, five, like five, six, four, five, and it is going to be a fucking dogfight. And whoever wins that game is getting in, period. I don't care about the one, the one loss thing. The Pac-12 is the best conference in football this year, and they need to be respected as such. So I'll take Washington there. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State in Bedlam for the last time. Just listen to what I said. Bedlam. Bedlam. Is done after Saturday. I mean, fuck. Fuck college football. I mean, man, as a guy who lost his rivals, at least now going back to the Big 12, we'll talk about this a lot today. CU has a natural rival in Kansas State. I don't know why we don't make Oklahoma State a huge rival. They're rivalless as well. But Bedlam is now done after Saturday, and I, I hope Oklahoma State wins so bad. I mean, I, I love Oklahoma. I, I love what they're doing. I got guys there. You know, Josh Bates is a great player who's there. But, damn it, they need to find a way to play this game every year. And Oklahoma State, honestly, if I'm Oklahoma State and T. Boone's picking in them, I would have wanted Oklahoma to be like, hey, you want to come with us to the SEC? You know, if I'm Texas, I would have asked Baylor or Tech to come maybe take four teams. 
but leaving them in the in the wake, you know, it, it's disrespectful and it should piss people off in Cowboy Country. And I hope Oklahoma State, Jamie Blatnick, who's their their strength coach out there, is a great friend of mine, uh, a guy who played for the Broncos here and just a stud of a human. I really hope that the Cowboys figure a way to out a way to win this game. You know, coach Dickey, their offensive line coach, is a great man. He pushes his guys hard. Oklahoma is a good team, but they're not unbeatable. They got to go back on the road to Stillwater this week, and that is a really, really, really hard place to play. So it's the only stadium in the country that goes east and west and not north and south. I don't know if anybody knows that, but it's it's kind of weird. And the fans are right on top of you. It's super loud. Uh, so I'm really hoping that Oklahoma State can figure out a way to, to win uh, the last Bedlam game and beat the Sooners and put their playoff hopes to rest, but also uh, elevate Oklahoma State's Big 12 title uh, uh, hopes and see if they can get a way to, to get there. And they still have to play Texas, so we'll see what happens. But pulling for Oklahoma State, we'll see what happens. Another huge Big 12 matchup, another ranked matchup. Keep in mind, all of these are ranked teams, with the exception of maybe three of them. Um, Kansas State goes to Manhattan to play Texas, uh, 23 against seven. Now, oh, this, look, Kansas State won the Big 12 last year. They beat Texas last year. They are always tough as nails. I love the way they do things. Um, you know, Jake Stonebreaker, outstanding linebacker, safety, running back, all around badass, Swiss Army knife down at Douglas County. A great kid that's been in my program forever is committed there. Uh, I love the way they recruit. Coach Klein is from Loveland. I mean, he was a quarterback there. He, he'll he never leave. He'll probably be the next head coach if Kleinman ever decides to retire. Uh, but I love what they do. You know, Buddy Wise, their D-line coach, he, he recruited me out of high school. And Coach Riley, their offensive line coach, is just a badass. And they, they are one of the programs that still does it a little old school. Like, their recruiting's a little old school, which I dig. They take a lot of time to offer guys. They're very diligent in their preparation. They, they're playing to their strengths. They develop the shit out of their players mentally and physically. I mean, Dalton Reisner just loves that place and raves about it. And Dalton was in my program since he was like 14. And he made such a great decision going there. And, you know, now he's an ambassador for the program. So, look, I don't like Texas none, okay? I did the charity stripe uh, yesterday with those, with those guys. It was awesome. Make sure you check out their show. Uh, we did a couple clips yesterday talking about UT going to the SEC, and they're both big Texas guys. And I mean, it kind of made me sick trying to agree with them, but yeah, it might be fun for them. But I, I don't like Texas. I hope they get their asses kicked. And I'm pulling for Kansas State hard here. It's going to be a hell of a game, but I am going to take K State on the road. I know that's an unpopular pick, and people think I'm crazy, but this is what Kansas State does. So the minute you count them out, they count themselves in. So they're going to check in for work. Texas is probably going to read the press clippings. Uh, and we'll see what we can see, but I'm going to take the Wildcats on the road there. All right, the next one, Notre Dame goes to Clemson. Uh, Clemson is in free fall right now. They've, they're four and four. Debo, or Dabo Sweeney is freaking out on people on the radio and his khakis. Like, I don't know why there's not enough room for my balls in here. Uh, it, it, look, it, I, I think Clemson is just having a year where they've got to reload and rebuild. And, you know, uh, Sweeney's got to figure out if he wants to use the transfer portal and, why he's so old school. This is one of the reasons why they're losing out. They're not playing the same game everyone else is playing. I think Notre Dame is going to take the opportunity to really beat that ass. Um, <clears throat> you know, I love their their quarterback, Hartman. He wears a bone necklace made out of his own fucking rib cage around his neck. I mean, shit, dog. That's who I want to play for. Fuck yeah. And he's got a Dan Fouts beard and shit. And he's out there just fucking slinging. Bet you could throw a football over the mountains over there. 
He's probably tagged people with stake more times than you can say tagging people with stake. So I'm going to go with Notre Dame there. I think the, the Fighting Irish have a lot of heart. That's a good football team. Uh, UCLA goes to Arizona. Please, Arizona, find a way to win. Please. Arizona oh, uh, upset uh, Oregon State last week. They come to Boulder next week. That's a good football team. Did in Tucson, their toughest nails. Uh, UCLA walks in there and plays like they did against CU uh, the first half, and they will lose. Uh, so I'm hoping Arizona wins, but I do think UCLA will win on the road. Their defense is just nice. Um, Kansas goes to Iowa State. Now, this is the upset of the week. All right. Iowa State is going to beat a ranked Kansas team at home. Ames is an absolute shithole. Nobody wants to go there and play. Um, it's, the wind's probably going to be blowing right and left at the same time, which would insinuate a cyclone. Shocking. Um, I, I Look, I think Coach Campbell's that dude. They're still in contention for the Big 12. They lost a, a bunch of non-conference games, so they're in a very good spot in Ames, and this is a huge game for them. So I, I think that Kansas just coming off a massive win against Oklahoma, that's the way college football works. You got to get ready to play the next week. I think that Kansas takes an L on the road in Ames. Uh, the next one, Texas A&M at Old Miss. Uh, now, Old Miss is pretty good, but this is another upset pick for me. I think that A&M goes into uh, – uh, Old Miss and gets a huge W. Trey Zoon, the left tackle for Texas A&M, is one of my guys from Fossil Ridge. Just an absolute hell of a player, and they keep getting better, better, and better every week. They mopped up South Carolina last week. Uh, I do think that this is a huge opportunity for Jimbo Fisher. I think that he can kind of go on a run here at the end of the year and maybe save his job and save his tenure down there. And I, I don't believe in Old Miss. Uh, I mean, I first of all, I don't know how anybody can keep playing for that shit old, but. You know, we'll get into that at a different time. But I, I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Uh, I know that I'm a little bit of a homer here, but I don't give a shit. It's my show. Uh, and the last one, Oregon State at Colorado. Obviously, I'm going to take the buffs. Uh, but we will talk about this uh, today on the 2 o'clock show. Uh, definitely way deeper than I, how I'm about to. And I will be on DMVR bus later today with Ryan and Jake. And then uh, Ryan Konigsberg, my boy, uh, the buff, is going to be our guest on the 2 o'clock show today. We're going to pre-record it, uh, and he'll be my guest, and we're going to talk about the schedule release going back to the Big 12. We're going to preview Oregon State. We're going to talk about the recruiting uh, and all the big timers they got coming in this week. Uh, like I said earlier, my man Brett Krujay is at IMG. He's going to uh, Mich or Michigan. He's going to Alabama this weekend uh, to watch Alabama and LSU play. But the guy who plays right next to him, George Seaton, is coming to Boulder, and that's a five-star number one tackle in the country. Uh, so I'm trying to get in his ear as much as I can. We met at the SC game, but get in his ear and see if we can make sure that, that Jordan Seaton is a Buffalo playing left tackle for CU next year as a five-star number one player in the country. So, you know, we'll see what we can see there. But when, when I have access the way I do because of Breck and him being – just one of the best guards in the country is only a sophomore playing next to the best tackle in the country who's just coming to Boulder this weekend. We will obviously dive into all of that deeply, as they say. So, look, that's the fifth uh, the, the fifth topic because I'm just teasing you. And I don't mean to tease you, but I, I do. I can't help it. I'll tease you. And then, you, you know, a little afternoon delight at 2 o'clock with the big guy. Huh? Huh? Eh, fuck. All right. So, um, lastly, okay. Yesterday, I saw a video of Matt Rule's uh, speech to his football team before they went and took the field against Purdue last week. And they had a pink ribbon on the back of their helmet. Um, and 
I hate, I look, I hate Nebraska with a passion, but I sure do respect Coach Rule and Coach Knight and then the men out there. Uh, sold them some body bags. There's a, rela- a relationship. It's built out of, out of hateful respect, but damn it, there's respect. And Coach Rule's speech to his team, talking about how they're not there to see you win or whatever. They're just here to see you play and or you're the warrior, the warrior, you know, the warrior is the weapon and talking about everybody's moms and grandmas and aunts and, you know, even, even men that have had cancer, that, that ribbon means anybody that's fought that disease and it's everyone. I don't know anybody who hasn't been personally affected by it. My aunt Susie right now is dealing with stomach cancer and she's a Nebraska native and she lives there. And it's, it just hit me really, really hard yesterday. And, uh, it's bigger than football. And like there's, I posted it on Twitter and there's people that are like negatively reacting because it's Nebraska. Like I, I don't know what to say to you people other than you got some real, real, real mental problems. It's way bigger than football, bro. It's about life and the, what football can do and the eyes it can get on situations and problems. And, you know, take the time today. If you want to reach out to somebody that's struggling to reach out to a family member that's sick, even if they're not, it could be, down the road, you don't know the way life works. Life comes at you fast, man. And it's, if you don't step back and think about it and really reach out to the people you love and care about and tell them and forgive and be be the other side. Don't be the vindictive, you know, angry side. It doesn't go anywhere. It's not productive. I know I used to do it all the time. But if you can be calm and attack things with grace and understand that everybody's struggling with something underneath that you don't know anything about, and, uh, you know, that, that's just full circle back to what coach rule was talking about. And it really, really hit me hard. Had me crying like a baby. So hats off to coach rule for that speech was incredible. Um, you know, it's one of the reasons why, like even coach, bringing it back to coach prime, like the fact that he records everything and there's so much access to him, it's forcing everybody else to do the same, which is showing the humanity of football, which I think is a really good thing. So. In a game where everything's about go, 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 kill, 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 wartime, you got to remember what you're doing it for. Like my the shirt I'm wearing today, it says, pray for peace, prepare for war. And I believe it wholeheartedly. Um, but what are you fighting for? That's why you go to war. That's why there is. That's why you go play. So you can be the support so you can be a source of pride, the name on the front and the name of the back of your jersey. So the people that may be watching you that are sick or have lost somebody, they can remember. And uh, some of my one of my best memories of my brothers and my family, they're all centered around football games and <clears throat> Thanksgiving. And it's just, so, it's so much bigger than just a game. And, uh, yeah, it just got me thinking about everybody and everybody that's been lost and that I've lost. And it was it was an incredible speech. And I, I tipped my hat to uh, to Coach Rule. And I still hope you lose. But damn it, that, that was pretty impressive. So, look, before I get all mushy here on Zero to 60 to end the show, we'll be back this afternoon uh, with the buff, DNVR's own uh, Ryan Koningsberg. will be on the show to talk about the buffs, the schedule in the Big 12 moving forward. Uh, the trip to Florida, the trip to Manhattan, or Manhattan and Kansas State coming to Boulder, going to Stillwater, 
it seems like home. So super excited about that. We'll also preview Oregon State. Remember, go on YouTube, subscribe and smash the like button. Follow us at all the different platforms. And uh, yeah, great show. Happy Thursday. Uh, don't hesitate to uh, reach out and uh, make sure you, you tell the people you care about that you do. So have a great show or have a great Thursday, folks. And uh, I will talk to you this afternoon with Ryan Konigsberg on the 2 o'clock show.